0: Does anybody remember their third grade teacher? Oh, very good. Well, my third grade teacher, her name was Mrs. Heckerman. And Mrs. Heckerman, when you would walk in each day, the entire chalkboard, y'all remember chalkboards, was completely filled with all of the work that we had to do that day. And Mrs. Heckerman demanded that we would get our work done and that we would be quiet while we were doing it. And if we did, then we would earn the playtime to be able to go out and run around like kids. So there's one thing that I really remember about Mrs. Heckerman, actually two. The first is, when we went to lunch, Miss Heckerman would take little pins, like needle pins, and she would hold them out like this, and she would drop them on the tile floor. And then she would pick someone, and she would say, well, how many pins did I drop? And we could not go to lunch until we got the right answer. So it required us to be very, very quiet. Now, as I went on and I grew up some, I always thought Mrs. Heckerman was a little overboard, a little too disciplined, a little too hard, and I didn't understand why it had to be that way. Then I came to my senior year of high school. I was about to graduate. And lo and behold, in the mail comes a gift from Mrs. Heckerman. It was an OP, and Ocean Pacific, T-shirt that she had bought me for graduation. Any of your third grade teachers buy you a graduation gift? So when I, later on in life, when I'm connecting this all together, I mean, this woman clearly loved her students if she would remember the fact that she would send them a nice shirt for their high school graduation. And so while she was hard and while she was disciplined, she wanted the very best for us and she proved that she loved us by that gift that she gave me when I graduated from high school and the beautiful thing about it is I know that it came from Jesus because here I am I'm 57 years old and 50 years later I still remember Mrs. Heckerman and I remember her because of the Jesus Christ that was in Mrs. Heckerman and the discipline that she gave me at such a young age and so we heard in the first reading from Joshua today that now here we are the people of Israel, they've made it into the Holy Land, the Promised Land, and there they are. And Joshua is asking them, do you want to, cons- to continue to serve the Lord? Are you going to make God number one in your life? Or are you going to do something else? And we all know the story that they at some point continued to go and do something else. They didn't choose God but they choose pagan idols and other things other than God. And then we hear in the Gospel of John the end of the Bread of Life discourse. The followers of Jesus are going, wait a minute. This teaching is too hard. You want me to do what? You want me to eat your body and drink your blood? I cannot do that. And they walk away from Jesus. I couldn't imagine walking away from Jesus. But it's very easy for us, when the teaching is hard, for us to say, I can't do that. That teaching, that church doctrine, I don't agree with. I don't agree with natural family planning. I think contraception's okay. I believe that abortion in some cases is all right. That teaching is hard for me to follow. Now, I had a retreat today, and one of the gentlemen there a couple of years ago told me a story about natural family planning. And he was honest, he has five children. And he says, man, it is so hard to do natural family planning because I can't do what I want when I want. And it's really challenging. And how easy would it have been for him to walk away from that and find the easy path. But I want to tell you what he said to me when he followed the doctrine of the church. He said that when I was with my wife, it was the most beautiful, intimate thing ever. That following the Lord's call to be chaste to not use contraception led to this incredible, beautiful relationship and encounter with my wife. Something was inflamed. Something was more beautiful. Something was greater. Because he had the strength and the courage that only comes from God to follow that teaching. And out of that, instead of hurt and disappointment or doing what he wanted to do, he found beauty, love, and intimacy with his wife. Now sometimes we might hear something in the Word of God that we don't like. Like maybe the second reading today? Wives should be subordinate to their husbands? Well, the, one, the sentence right before that says we should be subordinate to one another. So when we hear something that maybe we don't like, or maybe we don't understand, It's a call from God to dive deeper into those Scriptures. Lord, speak to me because I know this is Your Word. And I know that Your Word brings life and love to me. So please help me understand, Lord, what You are trying to say to me today. Make it right in my heart. Now, has anybody ever listened to a homily and you walked out? I did not like what that homilist said. I can't believe that he said that. That was offensive to me. Well, maybe the question is, is okay God, What is the hard teaching that You are trying to teach me through the person that is speaking to me today? Lord, what are You trying to say to me? In what way are You trying to discipline me? In what way are You trying to love me? Lord, help me to understand. Help me to not walk out in anger and frustration, but to turn back in love, to receive what it is You are trying to say to me. And then how about this one? You ever had someone else in the church say something that got you upset? I have. And I've got one of two choices. I can either build a wall, or I can go to that person in humble submission and love and work it out. And sometimes it's just so easy to build a wall because I can do that all on my own. But I need God to help me to not build that wall. To go back and reconcile with that person. To reconcile in that relationship that in many times has been broken over something that wasn't even that important to begin with. And so if you put all these together, church doctrine, the Word of God, the priest giving the homily, and the person sitting in the pew next to you, who are all of, who and what is all of that but Jesus Christ Himself? Because Jesus is present in all four things. And so when these things happen, we must have our hearts open to know that He is trying to speak to us. Even if we don't understand, even if we don't like it, the Lord is trying to speak to us. So in the Gospel, Peter says, as everybody else is leaving and Jesus has given them a chance, hey, you guys want to leave too? And Peter goes, well, Lord, to whom else should we go? You have the words of everlasting life. And where else should we go to find the words of everlasting life? Because I'm here to tell you, it is not out there in the world. It is not anywhere out there to be found in the world, but it can be found right here in the Eucharist, in the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you might ask yourself, If I have these encounters with Jesus in these ways that I've listed, how can I make it right? And here's my simple answer for you. If you want to be reconciled with the truth, then you must be in relationship with the truth. And the truth, the way, and the life is Jesus Christ Himself. And just like I told you that story about that man who had five kids, every time there is a challenge. You see, God's not good at accepting no. He doesn't want to hear no. And God will keep approaching us and coming to us and wanting to draw us into himself more and more every time. So every time that we walk away, Jesus is right behind us. So that when we turn back around, he's there. He's right there, ready to encounter us. All we have to do is to open our hearts. So if you are having trouble, do you think I've ever had trouble with a church teaching or something someone said? Of course I have. You know what I've done to overcome that in many areas of my life? Is to take those struggles that I have to that little box back there called reconciliation. And I go, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't know how to deal with this on my own. Please forgive me for my misunderstanding. Please forgive me for not following this particular church doctrine. And Lord, help me by Your grace and by Your love to do better next time. Now that is not a remedy that works instantaneously in most cases. But I will promise you this, if you are struggling with someone in relationship, if you are struggling with something that the church has done, if you are struggling with some teaching of the church, then take it to the Lord Jesus Christ Himself in the sacrament of reconciliation. And then on top of that, as you are, we are preparing the gifts for the sacrifice of the mass, mass, I want you to take everything that you have and I want you to place it up there on the altar. And put it right up there with Jesus. All of that ugly stuff. And make it part of the sacrifice. Because what the Lord does with that, He takes it all into Himself. And then what does He give us in return? But Himself in the Eucharist. And so when we give Him all that we have, good, bad, and ugly, He gives us back perfection. And that exchange that we have with Him each time we come to Mass, it has an effect on us. It helps us to know that, Lord, You are the only way. That You have the words of everlasting life. That You are the truth and You have called me by name and I am Yours. So may the God who just seeks to be in relationship with us for us to know the fullness of truth in our lives no matter how difficult it is the Lord that seeks us in the sacraments may he be praised forever